0: so ran
1: in club bit of we had nothing to do than a long norwich so i had a train very yellow and green waited and have a change than a long come norwich
0: say welcome to the long come norwich podcast an amiable amble around the recent affectation of norwich city supporters i'm joined as ever by john Hello. Lorne. Hello. And this week our guest is Tomo from the Barclay and Norwich. All right. We'll chat through last minute Derby Delight, the exhilarating and then exasperating halves of football against Bolton, take in listeners' questions and round off with the regular quiz. So, to kick off, let's look back to that wonderful last head of the game from closer. We said we'd have taken a draw on balance in the last pod, but did anyone dream that it would be that funny? John, what a game.
2: (sighs) Yeah. the game was shit though wasn't it let's be fair first half pretty average Ipswich kind of on top second half we were on top didn't create an awful lot of chances and then last three four minutes were bloody glorious because you know they felt like they had it and then it was snatched away from their silly little faces
0: I was <laughs> still laughing on, on Wednesday um, I the, the smile didn't leave my face um, Tomo can you remember uh, being as pleased with the result Based on it just being a point as that in any derby before,
3: no, not at all. I mean, it was, like John just said, you know, it was it was the whole snatching it away from their grubby little paws. Um, they were gloating, weren't they? We were silent. They were gloating, and then yeah, in, in steps uh, Timmy closer, or Grant Hanley more to the point. Yeah, he was a hope. I mean that that pace is ridiculous. Over the over those few yards, fantastic.
0: Something I didn't give him a lot of credit for in the first couple of games, but he really does show on a regular occurrence now. Um, any other, uh, while we're on the, the subject of scum, any other actual good performances from that game, would you say, Lornie, leading up to the last five minutes, actually, when we kind of hummed and hard in the first
1: 80 minutes? Oh, I've forgotten nearly all of what went before that. That's because that it, it was equalizer. just so shit. It was diet. It yeah. was totally dire. But another thing on Hanley, though, like... The impressive
3: thing was the cross, but getting to the ball like that was a that looked a lost cause. Both and, and the tackle against Stewart and um, Waghorn in the first half. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I mean when he went through, you were just like, oh my god, this is it. This is the moment they're going to go ahead. Yeah, and then just to stand
1: mm. after having delivered the cross, to have the presence of mind to stand in front of him with his arms <laughs> yeah. outstretched.
0: Yeah, the, the man in the match probably um, across the, out of the twenty-two was Bilal Alakakowski. Um, the number of saves that, that he made, because realistically, had one of those gone in, and the Dow well, football has to change for McCarthy, and they have to actually work a lot harder. So you know, there's a save onto the bar, one of them. Obviously, another save just around the post from another free kick from Madison. Um, so you know, credit where it's due. They've got one talented footballer, albeit a goalkeeper, in their squad.
1: Um, I also like the look of the. Um, would you take him? What Bilal Karkaski? Well, yeah. Would you would
0: you and throw the scum him, a cup? Yeah. Yeah. If if, if Gun gets. Uh, we talked about this with Brian um, a few pod, pods ago the only way I can see Gunn not coming back next year is if there is someone m- sort of between the, the 6 to 10 mark of the Premier League who want who want him I actually don't think that f- from how much Gunny said he loves being here and the fact that we play the right kind of football for him to play out from the back which he did a lot of on Saturday by the mm-hmm. way which we'll come on to um, I actually think that I'm, just getting first team football in the Premier League where he's picking the ball out of his net a lot and maybe not playing out from the back, isn't gonna win the battle over him coming back here. But but I think, yeah, on, on your point, Tomo, if gun's not available, as in Gun Jr., um, I, I definitely think that he's probably that's probably one of the best goalkeeping
1: performances we've had at Carro Road this season from an, an opposite number one. But it was an excellent goalkeeping performance in terms of shot stopping, and as you've alluded to, a gun playing the ball out from the back that isn't necessarily what we're looking for in a goalkeeper. No,
0: but if we um I, I think that in terms of him being a decent op- op- option um if we're going to have to sign another goalkeeper. And it'd
3: be nice for him to win a derby. He's playing <laughs> he's playing six or seven now. <laughs> yeah. and, and to be fair, There's he's, no he's you know, he's done alright in all of those derbies as well. It's been the odd goal, hasn't it?
1: Yeah, and you would say maybe the Murphy equalizer in the home game last year. To be done at his near post was, but it's a good yeah, suspect. Like, yeah, yeah, it but on was on
0: a balance, it well, unbalanced. You know, of all of the chances that he's he's dealt with, and also I, I don't think he's really at fault for the for the equaliser at last minute. I, in fairness, I think that the, the um, he can't have expected Hanley, a centre back, to have come yeah. from nowhere. Um, and likewise, he was still back in his goal well before the cross came in, and they had three cent well three big lumps
1: at the back and didn't manage to deal with Timmy Closer's wonder strike of a header. I thought on Ipswich players that you'd potentially take here. I also thought their right back, I offer who was a giant, who they then booed really He was taking him off, that then got them shouting about their football being shit, yeah. wasn't it?
2: Which and is interesting. Which is also why they brought him in for that game. I don't think he's a regular for
1: Ipswich. Oh, he actually. didn't play. Then. He didn't start against Preston. Was it they played next? And I thought he of anyone. Interestingly,
3: they went three at the back time. in that, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, matched us up. Which actually no, but I mean, in, in their next game as well. So oh, they yeah, obviously, okay. McCarthy obviously thought that they'd done all right, and they went three at the back again, but they lost.
0: Well, he, yeah, but he thought they were massively unlucky to to not win the game. But then, you know, his we talked about the fact that he's one of the least hateful scum managers in the last pod. Um, he is up until the, the point of the post-match comments where he's then a fucking yeah. idiot. But 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 the but after a month or so, when it's when he's then sort of simmered back down to normal again, I, I think he'll then be less happy. But I don't think
1: he'll he do it again next year. Right? He also said, I didn't tell my own fans to fuck off. So I'm pretty well, sure it was a whole liar. Whole, the whole post-match press conference was tongue-in-cheek. Right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but that's
2: the thing. As much as the match was shit, the post-match content was absolutely spectacular. So you had BBC Radio Suffolk with the, oh, no, you know, they've done it again or whatever. You've got a lad in the Ipswich End filming it, the shit, shit, shit. Two. You know, that you've got Mick, you know, kind of with his post, post-match press conference. You know, it was And the awesome. guy
3: crying as well. Yeah. Oh, with well, <laughs> the sad music in his yeah. bedroom. Yeah. yeah.
1: Just the best aftermath of a derby mm. that I can remember I, but, but, I mean,
3: I, it just lacked it to its crazy, didn't it? Yeah. So, some of the, he, uh, is he still alive? I don't know.
0: One of the tweets um, that, that I saw because it's ever so fun to scroll through ITFC after a, a derby um, either win or even more fun than a win a snatching away something like that, that was uh, was a guy saying on the way back on the train uh, my nine-year-old said to the seven-year-old um, that three or four minutes was the best Best I've ever enjoyed at football because he re- and then he realised, oh my god! Like since they've been born, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. they've never known anything. But yeah. Norwich domination still. I hope it's not too cold in the shadow. Hey, um, so yeah, moving on. We then had a, a top of the table clash. Uh, well, one of them was top of the table <laughs> against Wolves. <laughs> nice. um, and Agent Ruddy d- did us a favour. Um, who wants to start us off talking about that game? Well, it was all
2: the performance deserved, though, wasn't it? I mean, I don't know how many of you boys watched it. I watched it on that really shady Facebook stream. But, um, you know, we were awesome. Second half, we controlled the possession. We created a few chances. I actually thought Nelson Oliveira had kind of started to build up to the performances that we know he's capable of. And he then did that against Bolton as well. I think he's starting to link the play really, really well, which is what Farker wants from him. But, you know, everyone to a man put in a shift, absolutely controlled the game. So, yeah, right, Ruddy might have thrown us a bit of a bone, but, you know, it was all that we deserved.
0: I didn't think that if it, if it had been anyone other than Ruddy, I don't think there would have been that much focus from the Norwich fans on the goalkeeping. Because I don't think he would have expected him to shoot that early. Similar to um, the goal against Middlesbrough earlier in the season, where you can look at the goalkeeper on the replay... He's not set when when he when he goes to mm. shoot, so you're just not expecting that to happen. And and also he, he does bounce right in front of him. He does pound it, and it's right inside the post. So actually, I, I don't think it was that much of him. It wasn't a grubber, him throwing it in. Um, but the what is again we have to take our hat off to uh, Farquhar and the coaching team is the um, is is the fitness and the fact that we are scoring yeah. the most goals in the last thirty minutes. Uh, and, and why even on games like Saturday where it's frustratingly looking like it's going to peter out, it is worth sticking around because you think that, that they, they could nick one. Um, and obviously scoring two goals away from home, coming from you know 2-0 down to, to salvage a point is terrific. It's, it's a shame, if anything, that it's not going to mean anything at, at the end of the
1: season, really. And I'd add to that, because you mentioned it and you're the one who's going to disagree with it, but part of that coming... Uh, coming on strong at the end and scoring late goals is that we've been patient with the ball up until that point and warm the opposition out. So as much as people want us to play quicker, more direct, get in their faces football, part of the reason we're playing keep ball to the extent that we are is to then use that fitness at the end when we've worn them out from chasing shadows.
0: Okay, well let's talk about that now as we're there. Um, John and I wrote the write-up for Saturday's game against Bolton where we huffed and puffed in the second half but actually in the first half it looked like this was what Farker's project has been all about. This has been what we've been building up towards because it was 79% possession. Um, but actually, the speed with which we moved things around, the one-twos, the understanding, the actual clear-cut chances inside eight to ten yards rather than shooting from the edge of the box, it was a sight to behold, wasn't it, Tom? That
3: I can't answer because <laughs> I only managed to listen to it this weekend. Did it sound <coughs> fantastic? It sounded all right. It's, it's, you know... it. it we obviously had numerous chances in the first half, the, the second half was a bit dull. Um, but yeah, it, it. without visually seeing it, unfortunately I was moving house um, over the weekend, so I thought I'd, I'd give the game a miss. Um, so I'll let you guys go on with that one. But you know, we, we did have the chances, with Madison and um, Leitner and...
0: There were several. The first half, uh, the, the speed we moved the ball around, um, the, the one twos on the edge of the box, which actually then created the space to then have opportunities. Um, the weight of the through balls were right, whereas they have been slightly overhit, and that's led to frustration recently. But the difference wasn't, um, the, wasn't the amount of possession because it was, it was the same as we've done previously. It was the fact that we were playing the same brand of football but 30, 40 yards forward and we were doing it much more quickly. That was what was creating the chances. And whilst I appreciate what you're saying, Lornie, and that you stick and you're patient to that pattern because you believe that it will create a goal in the end, yeah, I understand that, mm-hmm. but the point is if we keep playing it at a faster tempo, those chances will keep happening. What happened in the second half and what I pointed out in the review, which um, John slightly worded in a slightly more favourable terms for, for Farka before you read it, Lorne, was that I feel that he was out-coached. I feel that in at half-time... Um, Parkinson said to the to the um, Bolton lot, w- at every opportunity, take ten strides forward, go twenty yards forward, um, no long strides, I, um, go 20, 20, 20 strides forward, um, and squeeze up between their five and their four. So basically, you've got a bank of nine that are almost intermingled like chess pieces or draughts pieces, um, and we and that was the space in which Lightner." Um, Oliver was dropping back into, and Madison were having lots and lots of joy, lots and lots of fun. Once those little one twos were taken away from us, we ha- we went back to what what the moaners and the groaners, which I try my best not to be on match day, but certainly am on social media after match day. Um, that's what they can't stand. It's sideways for sideways' sake. It's playing to a yellow shirt because you can see a yellow shirt that is what we had second half and that is really easy to defend against and we did, we genuinely didn't come that close second half. No, I okay. We had all the ball but we never, Like I was on the edge of my seat, I stood up, I stood up before Leitner even got in the box for the Leitner chance, the one-on-one that Lightner had because I was getting ready to celebrate because I was like, there's only one person other than you I want taking this and that would maybe be Madison. He looked like he was about to score Um but in the second half, I didn't even come close to the seat because we were never that close. So well, there's a I few think, things I
1: disagree with because yeah. well, you're going to
2: agree. Well, no, I'm not going to agree. And I'll, I'll make my point. I think there's there's a number of factors, there's a number of mitigating factors. I think the first was Bolton were just shy in the first half. And like you say, Tom, they tweaked it tactically second half. I think Parkinson did a good job in making sure that our ball players were pressed higher up the park. So I he did a good job in the second half in relation to that. I think probably one of the biggest mitigating factors and and something that people have talked about afterwards is it was our third game in six days. And I genuinely don't think we could have played for 90 minutes with that zip and purpose. Because we did. We looked terrific. But I wonder whether some of that was because Bolton let us look terrific. Because they were genuinely happy to just go, do you know what, we'll let you come on pretty much to our box and then you can fizz balls around as much as you want and we're not going to press you. And most sides can look decent. So I wonder whether it's a bit of a false dawn and everyone's kind of really going overboard with it. It was exciting to see Hernandez because he offered a little bit more pace in in behind and also what he did really well and I thought that Murphy doesn't do particularly well at as he wins the ball back when he's lost it. So there's a couple of times he'd miscontrolled it and then bang he sprinted 10 yards. He's got it back. He's playing it to Oliveira. And like the point I kind of made earlier was Olivera probably did his best job on Saturday in terms of linking the play. And how many times did he just do a little flick in behind or a really arrowed through ball to Leitner, as you say? Uh, well, no, actually it was to Murphy, the through ball, but it was a flick around the corner for Leitner. So I think that there's not one key thing, because if there was something really simple, I think Farker would have tried it already. So, do you know, I think it's it's not an easy conundrum for him to... Solve I think
1: moment. I think this is the bit that I was going to disagree with most is where you say that because we didn't win, Farquhar was out He wasn't out coached. No, it's we not as absolutely... simple as that.
0: It's not just be, not every game. It's not as simple as oh, if you don't win, it's it's completely down to the manager. Okay, it's just in the, that he was I, out-coached I could, second half. I could see the tactical difference from my. Stupid, my, my my place of stupidity, sitting on the half way lane going, I can see quite clearly that that shape is different, and I can see that the channels we were having joy on are no longer there. Yeah. What are you going to do about it? Well, nothing until 80-odd minutes, as always,
1: with this subs. we still create chances. We still never look oh, like they conceding. Were, they were different. We never looked like no, conceding, no, 100%. Were, they never they looked were, like conceding. But I'll they were a different level of chances, yeah, weren't they? I yeah. grant you there were different levels of chances. But we bossed both both halves yep. of football. we did. So, but we didn't threaten second
0: half.
2: I'm not sure we bossed second half. I think we were shaded it. I don't know. We had a load
0: but, of the ball. But, we were the team that was going to win. But it was. But again, it was. We were going to win if
1: someone scored from 25 yards. Yeah. We weren't going to win. Or by. a beautifully by, worked set piece that fell a the six yards out, and he miscontrolled his volley.
0: But but again, that, like set set piece chances, you should get a, a fair amount of in any game where you're not overmatched at any at any level. I'm talking about being able to create opportunities for, for good goal-scoring chances from open play, which we have seen Norwich do sporadically throughout. And on Saturday, maybe because Bolton didn't quite turn up as, as well as they should be, but Saturday we had almost 45 minutes of, this is really thoroughly entertaining. And even the little passages of play where it did drop for two or three minutes and we had a bit of side-to-side, side, the moaners and groaners around me who were the first ones to start shouting and kick it forward um, were quiet. Because they just had five minutes of attacking football, so you 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 sort of earn that patience in the same way that a manager earns a bit of crap football if they're winning um, to start with. Um, it was it was both enjoyable to work, watch and we were creating clear cut chances. The second half we had loads of the ball. We really didn't look like conceding. Yes, there was a few a few sporadic passes of play that were decent, but the tempo was visibly slower and you could. You could see the frustration in the players. They they were putting their arms out, knee closer. Lewis were putting their hands out as if to say, "Where am I going to go with this? Who am I going to pass to?"
1: Right. So that's why I disagree that fuck was our coach because second half we were the better side. First half we were the better side. Yes, at half time Parkinson made some sort of tactical change that stemmed the flow a little bit, but Parkinson did nothing to stop us dominating the ball and dominating the game in our and Had we taken one chance would have won the game comfortably. Yeah. And then you wouldn't say Farker was outcoached.
2: Uh, I think he was quite happy, though, to concede possession where yeah. we had the ball second half. And I think that's the difference, is that he wasn't happy to concede possession in Bolton's half and where we could just piss about with it effectively and create hmm. chances. There
0: is no possession column in the table. Yeah. That is why Parkinson no. didn't... Farker didn't beat Parkinson from a look at who look who's controlled the game. Um the, the point is, we, we never. we Other than. Yes, Leitner had an air shot in the 6R box. Um, was that Leitner or was it close? No, it, it was that was Leitner. Like, yeah. It close. It it was close to Ape Switch. Yeah. yeah. Um, we, but he scored a goal, didn't he? <laughs> oh so no, right. how awful. um Yeah, we, we really. You know, not to get too bogged down in one point, and obviously we'd, we're not going to end up agreeing on it. it appears it's, it's, it's two to one, so you know that's how Brexit worked. But you have to. you have, to, you have, <laughs> you have to, uh, to, No, I'm not an advocate of this now. No, You've yeah, done it, the Brexit it, now. It, it, you fuck you're, off. You're, you're the majority. <laughs> you so so there's basically three people whose opinion counts, from one person who only heard about that's, Brexit yeah. on the radio. Yeah. Basically, just well, saw the bus. The other <laughs> one, quick point I want
1: to make is when you said the moaners and groaners moan because we pass the ball to a yellow shirt sideways for sideways' sake. Yeah. Which is the other thing I completely disagree on because just because it doesn't create a chance immediately doesn't mean that there's no point to it i, I agree. completely agree with i you. completely agree yeah. so but it's not it's not you're not passing the ball for passing sake no so but it, there to, are people who think exactly that. so to, to put it in
0: context the people who get who the people who can't see that the people who are frustrated the people who aren't patient the people who aren't bought in etc 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 however you want to demean them. Those, those, don't, don't, I like the way I'm debating them. Well, you then. do, um, like we, we know you you've know. done a better job. Yeah. You, Tom? Yeah. So, but the point is, well, these are all, you defeat them, and th- they're like me.
1: This forward. is just That's
0: paraphrasing lovely. what you've said for the past. Like, this is our tenth pod, and you've said we, this is a carpet at some point. So, for those people who 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 don't think, okay, fine, at least we've got the ball; they can't score. Like, right? they when that is when they, those spells of play are happening for a few minutes off the back of a few minutes where we've been knocking on the door, nearly scoring, they are much more comfortable in saying, okay, fair enough, at least we've got the ball. Um, I'm not that fussed that this isn't immediately going forward, because we have just had a few really, really good chances. Um, that, that's the point I'm saying. Like, if, if you play the whole of the second half, only getting scraps from set pieces, which is what happened in second half,
3: that's why you get the, the moaning. I think moaning. the most important thing is, though, we are creating chances. Yeah, you know, We created plenty in the first half, and... Earlier on the season, we just weren't. Yeah, and and you know that is the progression of of everyone buying into it and Farker getting some players that um, you know he he actually wants at the club. Um, My biggest regret from from not going on Saturday was actually not seeing Hernandez because we've only had a snippet of him so far, or I have, and and so I haven't really seen him yet. Um, First half he was terrific. First half Mm. he was
0: absolutely brilliant. what you mentioned, Hanley's turn of pace over the first few yards, that but like times 10, sort of his ability to just quickly just nudge it in front of a fullback and then cut it back. We saw that three or four times. And we also saw um, him being willing to, to, to run across the, the front three, you know, run across the, um, from one channel across to try and um, make space and, and cause problems. Um, I thought it looked really exciting. Second half, because of the, the, le- the lack of space. He hardly had a kick. Um, mm. He was very, very quiet second half. Um, don't think it was necessarily a fitness thing. He doesn't. He's not one of those players who looks like a natural athlete. He is a funny shape for a footballer. Um, but he, he, yeah. First half, I was, I was very, very encouraged for the first time with him.
2: I think just to get back to the point that you were making about. Parker potentially not been able to tactically mix it up I think he has done that in a couple of games this season that are of note so Derby away Wolves away he's had a look at that half time he's changed things we've dominated the second half I guess my criticism at the moment and the criticism that could be levelled at him for the Bolton game is he doesn't seem to be able to do that while the game is in play doesn't necessarily make positive substitutions changes the shape of the team too much to then positively affect the game I accept your point Andy that we were definitely dominating possession, and there was only one team probably if anyone was going to score. But second half, it didn't really look like anyone was going to score. To be perfectly honest, and I think that's where if you're going to start winning games at home in the you know your front room as as um, Farker calls it, he's got to be more proactive in those second halves. He's got to make sure that we are on the front foot and we you know we're making sure that that we are creating quality chances you know towards the back end of the games well, so. one of the ways
0: he can do that is by making substitutions more early than he does currently and i don't know if that's just faith in fitness faith in the the, the fitness program that he has and the fact that oh we keep scoring late in games mm. so therefore we must it's going to come good but it is incredibly frustrating when you can tell you know you feel as a supporter after 50 55 minutes this isn't going anywhere we, you know this is going to be a last minute thing mm. if anything yet at 79 80 you're, you're still waiting for the first change to be made when did he make it when did Scriveni come on I thought that was 70, 70 or minutes. very late 70s. I know 70. the
1: other ones were, were or even like, later yeah. yeah. but that's so where I disagree hadn't got minutes, it's, th- room to play in. it's easy to sit here and now and say oh we should have made changes earlier with hindsight but on 55 minutes we were well on top so but why I don't think we were absolutely working? smashing
2: it and Bolton had come out and had a really positive 5-10 minutes kind of start of the second half and I think you know, As much as you know, I'm a really big fan of Farker, and I really like what he's done on the and the project and the way in which it's progressing, I think he shouldn't be blinkered in so much as, right, well, just because we've got the ball, it's all right. You know, We can create more chances. We proved that first half. If we can tactically switch it up, he could have gone three at the back again quite easily. I think he had Raggett on the bench, didn't he? He could have been more positive in that respect and put some more offensive players on there. But what he needed to do, I think, is... Is change the focus of a Madison or a Lightner in terms of the pockets of space that they were occupying? And
0: Lightner ended up right back sometimes collecting the ball. He, he which was you behind like, the Don't centre be backs there. like like a sweeper. That, that, that was the thing. But, but again, going back to my point before about tactic tactics, the fact, the way that Bolton pushed up, the way that Bolton changed their shape. In, enforced a change of shape on us that I don't think was Farkas' design i.e. Leitner being behind closer and Hanley getting the ball uh, and Madison coming increasingly deeper one thing to, to, to pick up on what you said about Nelson um, both in the um, away performance and against Wolves and also second half uh, sorry, uh, second half against Wolves and also against Bolton at the weekend and I think that was the first time I've seen him tackle back and win the ball back when he wasn't really hit he hadn't lost it but two or three times a move had broken down and he actually went back and won the ball back for the team and I don't think I've ever seen him do that in a Norwich shirt and he did it three times in the first half I I was really impressed with him I thought it was really unfortunate um, that heartthrob Michael Bailey gave him what was it five or six or something I, I think he deserved a bit higher than that a bit more love from the bearded wonder Agreed.
2: So, one uh, final point
1: okay <laughs> Well, unless yes. we disagree with it and then it'll be Yeah, anyway. yeah without that, we'll move on straight after this. Okay. It's I, easy I to I say, promise, in I hindsight, promise. when we drew nil nil, he should have changed it tactically But, we, know, it but we said
0: it as we said it at 60, 65 but minutes. But what it's not you
1: hindsight. don't know, because he didn't do it, was had he done it and we lost control of the game and then lose the game, you say, oh, we shouldn't have changed it. All right, so it's the, easy to say, when we didn't win, oh, we should have changed it. So on that
2: point, though, and I think Paul Lambert was a master at it, if you take those gambles, you turn one point into three. And more often than not, if you're a confident side, those gambles will pay off. You know, in worst case scenario, you're still going to get the draw. But three points, you know, it's worth doing it. You but know, that's even if you get it. Scenario. Well, if you get it one out of three times, same amount of points. Yeah, so Paul just Lambert also it. said if you're
1: not going to win a game, don't lose it. And he yeah, didn't usually we, do that. Don't, don't, look, don't fucking lose it. Yeah, actually. we
0: d- we didn't we didn't look like any change that we could have made, especially because of the way we play. You could almost argue him more than Lambert. He could, should be even more confident in making changes because everyone who comes on is just going to keep the ball, and if actually we're a little bit overrun here, we'll just pass sideways and slow the game down because we can we can do that. And that, that like like I said on the second or third pod, and um, we are a one 0 up team. Like the, the Farkas football is so beautifully suited to being one nil up, um, and and so therefore you can you can attribute that to oh we're drawing and we're kind of hanging on. If you see what I mean. So so anyway yeah we'll we'll we we'll leave that as the last point Lorney we'll, we'll just say that you made it um, onto <laughs> uh, onto another uh, was that a point uh, onto another routine <laughs> um, onto another routine point we we bring up on on the pod uh, we we were always banging the drum about the atmosphere do you see what I did there nice. I made a little pun about a drum would you like to talk to me about the drum you've been banging Tommy? well
3: yeah um, it was it was nice to finally take it into the ground. We took it to the, one of the under-21s game and it was snatched off us before it had even been banned. Um, but it, it, was, it was really for the march, um, you know, it, it was to just, just drum up a little bit more atmosphere in, in the march as we walked down there. So let's build up the context. So, so tell us about the march for anyone who,
0: who wasn't necessarily following it on the social medias before we got going. When was the march? What was, it to, what was it to achieve?
3: So before the Ipswich game, we decided to have our second march down to the ground, um, just to bring people together, as many you know diverse people as possible, whether they're old, young, scarfer, casual, whatever, you know, get them, get them all together, all singing and, and getting down to the ground to build the atmosphere. Um, and I was really impressed with the turnout. Um, Riverside was absolutely heaving, mm. um, there was massive queues coming out of Iceni um, and, and you know there was a, a, a really good atmosphere inside there and then it started to simmer didn't it while we were standing outside, yeah. the flags all on the bridge looked fantastic um, and you know I just can't thank enough people for for coming along and you know they're all part of it, they're all part of what we want to achieve um, and, that, and that's to get the best support for the club possible. Um, thanks to you guys as well because you did a lot of organising for it and advertising for it um, and it just helped people to engage with it really. So
0: obviously this, the pictures looked fantastic. Um, what was the... There were several hundred clearly it turned out. Um, how did that then... How would you say... You um, that carried on into the, the ground. Did you feel like it? I mean, it's a derby, so it might be slightly difficult to, yeah. to judge it.
2: It's really hard to judge the impact because, as you say, it's a derby game, and the expectancy is that there's going to be a buzzing atmosphere anyway. And it, it was, you know, pretty much, even though the game was pretty dour first half, actually, the, the crowd stayed with them. But I think the biggest point, to get back to the drum, is you've got three pockets of fans in E block yeah. generally who sing. You know, and then you've got lots of kind of interspersed in the middle that will sing if they're in a good mood or you know the, the game's decent but generally won't bother and what the drum did was keep those three pockets in time and then made sure that the other people when they were into it started joining in and we haven't had that before and I think that's what the drum achieved beautifully and for me, we need it every
0: game now. Yeah. Okay, so what, what? how has it been received? Because we did a Twitter poll, didn't we? Yeah, and I think um, it was
2: about 65%-ish in favour kind of longer term and then you know a few saying tin pot, and I can get, a, I can get that because I've been to grounds where they've got a drum and it sounds garbage. But actually, I think oh, well, I was about to say I, I
3: think it's, it's not a massive drum. You know, it's it's not it's not a massive bass drum or something like that. It's it's a drum that it makes enough noise to. It's a bit like some. It's a bit louder, but like someone whacking on a corrugated iron, you know, in the old terraces. It's it's loud enough to bring people together keep people in time that's a massive thing Mm. where we stand so often we're singing a song and you see that somebody over to the right is going really fast someone over to the left is going really slow you're in the middle and the song and the song just dissipates
0: And, and also I think you mentioned having separate pockets it's way easier to join in if you can be confident of, of joining in, oh, okay, this is this is where we've got to, mm. and this is how quick I've got to go yeah. go to join in because obviously when things are kind of split out, that's something you get a lot away. Like we, we mentioned it after the Emirates game where we uh, we almost had too many fans because it like we, we, it was very difficult to get yeah. a coordinated song going on because you're just like right, we, they're like 500 yards over there singing. I think they're singing a the tribal song, but by the time like the
3: sounds travelled, it it wasn't even supposed to go in the ground. You know, we I brought it. Just for the march, well, to, big to, trench coat. Over yeah. It. <laughs> well, I just brought it along to to drum up some atmosphere in the in the march, and and get people singing while we walk down there. And we'd we'd sort of discussed it in a meeting that me and John and another couple of people went to uh, with the club a while back. And I'd said I'll leave the drum with you guys. You know, not you guys, but the with the club and they can, we'll just collect it afterwards. You know, it was purely for the march. But actually, as I walked down Carrow Road, and it was obviously quite loud and impressive to the the guys like Joe Ferrari and that, who were all stood outside. um, And the head of security just came up and said, look, take it in. We want you to be as loud as possible today for the derby. You know, take it in, see what you can do with it. Um, However, there was the stipulation that if it started getting thrown around or it ended up on the pitch, I was banned for life. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was willing to take that risk, you know. <laughs> I didn't know that was an option. <laughs> you know, oh, you <laughs> would have thrown I it. And, that. And he would have taken it off. That is a risky <laughs> thing to publicise. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, that, that's that's but, how we can get rid but, of it. But, you know, yeah, they, they kind of said it was a one-off. But the thing is, if if people get behind it, and, and you know, if we see the atmospheres really drop off again and, and we're able to say to the club, look, let's, let's give it another trial... On a on a game that's not a derby, and see if people are getting behind us, and and see that it helps. Then hopefully we can we can get it in there more regularly. Has it got a Twitter account yet? No. I think you need to get a Twitter account. Um. So, on on that that kind
0: of to round off that wrap um to round off that round up of the last three games. Um. Just a quick nod to to the playoffs because you mentioned there, Tom. There might be some um some games coming up where there aren't. There isn't an atmosphere as good as the Derby because effectively our season is probably two or three games at most from being pretty much mathematically over now. Yeah. Um, I don't think anyone in this room expects us to, to make the playoffs and we only had the very slimmest hope before. Um, so with that in mind, is there the opportunity maybe in two or three home games time to, to see if we can get a bit of an atmosphere going on what is effectively a dead rubber to kind of prove that no, this this really will get people up and bouncing. Maybe like the is it Forest the Tuesday night game coming yeah, up yeah, soon? Yeah, six. I think that's the next night game. So games, I, I always think a, a, a night game under the lights is an opportunity to maybe to, to make a bit of a noise, a couple of pints after work before
3: we get in the ground, etc. Uh, and Forest have got a relatively decent fan group themselves now. Mm-hmm. Um, I say relatively decent. They they are a decent yeah, fan yeah, group. Yeah. Um, they they're doing some things that you know their their ground has been terrible for years and, and they're experiencing the same things that we are, um, with, you know, pockets of fans that want to sing, that can't all get together and that kind of thing. So they might actually bring quite a, a decent crowd to us. So we need to do our best in return. It's the closest away game um up for
0: us after uh Ipswich it's not actually that far. Um, it's, it's, not just, it's just the closest for them though, to, is it that's the problem kind of yeah. bad <laughs> uh, no Derby's quite close isn't it um, cool alright then um, so one final thing from Saturday um, moving on to our next topic which is Farquhar. Watch um, have we heard about a ban or anything today because I was looking and I didn't no, see any update
2: no don't think there's anything, been anything publicised for his little hoof
0: so where where are we on on, feet, on, on whether or not we think that should have been um, dealt with with ascending to the stands or, or, or a retrospective ban and Seen. Silly to me. Well,
2: I made the point in the review. and I think it's ridiculous. If a player does that, kicks the ball away, they get a yellow card. If a manager does it, they get sent to the stands. What's the difference?
1: I also think the context... Like, I appreciate with rules, rules are rules type thing, and you can't necessarily say, oh, well, on this occasion I'll let that go because yeah. this, that and the other. But the context of the situation was a minute to go. It was clearly frustration boiled over. It wasn't. At such, the end right? of a the
0: game that's clearly going nowhere. <laughs> so yeah, it's not it it seemed... like Bolton were pressing and, and he was bit... punishing himself, yeah.
2: in, in effect. that he wanted play to restart and for Norwich to get the ball back. So if he's twatted it, you know, kind of thirty yards into the pitch, you know, so no, I think it was much to do about but, nothing.
0: But do do we think that finally we may be seeing a little bit of passion from the man? I mean I, I find him a bit too cold um on, on the sideline. He's not getting as wound up as me. Um and, and I I, well, I wouldn't want him to be as wound up as you. <laughs> okay. uh, but I, I I point taken, um but I when I'm getting cross about what I find most frustrating about our play, he is completely impassive and, and, and not fast. It, it, sometimes he'll gesticulate a little bit if someone misses an easy chance. Um, what do you guys think? Do you, do you complete, completely not care?
1: I didn't care until this afternoon where I had to work from home today because of the snow and I had Sky Sports the Debate on next to me and Tim Shearwood was on it. <laughs> and, and he So you switched it off immediately. Well, <laughs> <laughs> he said he really um he really respects like properly like out there managers and he, he wanted someone to be jumping up down and being all vocal, and I thought, well, if you think that, oh, well, that's has wrong. wrong. Yeah,
0: that must be wrong. It's but, a bit like you wait to see what I tweet, and then you work out from that. Well, no, your
1: opinion. That isn't necessarily true, but you do agree with Tim Sherwood, so let's just let that sink in. But there's,
2: there's a point in there, I Is think. Is it not Tim Sherwood? Yeah. Timmy we, we, I was
0: going to let that go, but you know. <laughs> Timmy yeah. Sherwood, that'll do. Yeah.
2: Um, but there is a point, I think, in terms of Farker's style that he's really calm, he kind of brings everyone down and I think that works for some players and it doesn't work for other players. And the player that it's working for right now, and he, Madison has even talked about it, is that Farker is keeping him grounded. And I think if he was gesticulating and he was trying to really fire Madison up, I'm not sure that that's the best you know, kind of way to get you know the absolute optimum out of Madison because... You know, he's cocky and I think he's probably got a two-footer in him at some point down the line because he's going to get pissed off that, you know, something's not going his way. So it's definitely going to work for players, some players. It's definitely not going to work for other players. And hopefully if Farker brings in the right type of characters, so these kind of assured generally Germans or continental types who, you know, are calm with the ball. And that's probably where we need to be. And so, yes, I think he could get animated towards the end of games where he wants people, you know, get an extra 10% out of people but no, I'm all right with it.
0: So one side point on Madison and keeping calm, I think he was getting very close on Saturday to going over the top with his gesticulating at the ref and yeah. kind of getting a bit hissy-fitty about not getting his way. Yeah, it's something that we've we've praised him for on this pod several times for how mature he seems to be and how you know, he's getting kicked up in the air 57 times a, a game. Um but a few times it was either like a little tug back that he got penalised for. Um, I, I don't think uh, officiating wise, I think we've been pretty fortunate compared, considering how shit the standard refereeing is in the Championship generally. And I actually think the last few games we, we've done really well in terms of how, how fair the ref I thought the ref in the Derby played it really, really, played a blinder. Um, let go just enough to keep the atmosphere going mm. but but started to get his card out when he needed to um, but yeah I, I honestly thought a couple of times you're going to get booked here because he was he was he was, yeah. he, was re- he was so close to basically flipping off the ref like really really kicking back and i think that ref was probably did him a favor by not by not booking him and you don't i know we're, we're only going to have him for another two or three months in an orange shirt um, but when he moves on to wherever he's obviously going to go in the summer uh, or, or it's not obvious where he'll go, but when he obviously does depart in the summer, it's something that you don't want to you don't want him to be like a Delhi Alley, someone who everyone respects as a footballer, but unless you're a Spurs and thinks you know you're probably a bit of a dickhead actually. Um because obviously with Daly Alley it's the diving. With Morrison you don't want him to be flicking his fringe around being you know because he's been so great at not doing that all season, just, you know, wiping himself down standing up and and, and playing on.
3: Yeah. Just don't try and get a taxi. Or, or <laughs> as well as around. He's uh, he's known for queue jumping and he's had a few exchanges with a couple of our mates.
0: Not John Ruddy-style exchanges. Oh, uh, not well. quite, but, it's not um, but yeah. As long, as it's not kept, as long as it's not caught on mobile. It's, phone. It's,
3: it was a lot of, I'm £30 million worth of player. Do you know who I am? But, um, I don't mind a
0: bit of that off the pitch. I'm, I'm worried about what he does in, in, in Norwich. Share. Yeah, <laughs> and
2: I, I think we're kind of close to him starting to believe his own hype and uh, there's that balance between cockiness and arrogance and you know, and going over the top and I, that's just so I think Farker getting back to the original point is potentially perfect in that respect and just right keep it calm mate
0: yeah something that I um, I'm going to do my best to try and get uh, some inside info on the Marcus Edwards thing because uh, that was something that the that Bob Rutler and the Norfolk boys were talking about before the game as I was driving in on Saturday um they they from from how they sometimes you, when you listen to to the arch and lot or the the bbc lot obviously you know that they're hearing stuff all the same inside stuff that you hear um, and sometimes you can tell by the way they're talking about a subject Ah, oh, yeah you're not saying the thing that we've all heard as well but the way they were talking about it on saturday <clears throat> phil daly and bob Rutler generally seem to be completely flabbergasted as to not understanding like so the club seem to be doing a really good job of not letting anyone know no. why <laughs> um, that boy has been nowhere near the team. And maybe it is purely just down to attitude. But again, because you were thinking about Farker being perfect, thinking about where Madison could go. Maybe someone like a Pochettino, who's been brilliant with young players. Yeah.
1: Uh, maybe he needs to go somewhere there where he's got a real strong disciplinarian. Um, That's to, why I'm, I'm not 100% sure he will go straight away. Because I think Madison recognises the effect Farker has had on his career. I'd be delighted if he stayed. Yeah, Absolutely. I think you
2: know I, we might possible, get him yeah. until January, but I
3: think that's that's a lot. Definitely. I mean, I he, he's he's going to be the one that kids cry over, isn't he? He's going to be the one that you know is an Edie or a yeah. Benamy or where, when Edie we moment. were younger. Yeah, my Darren Edie moment. Yeah, massively. You know when Hashtag he le- when Darren Edie moment <laughs> 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 when he left, I was devastated. I was seventeen, sat at my office and saw that come through, and I was like, nah, this this can't be happening. And that's gonna that's gonna happen for kids when when Madison goes. Because he is that
2: good. And I, I don't know, we, we're talking about when he leaves, but Webber's pretty canny at maximising the value, and I just wonder whether we might... I don't know, I've just changed my mind in the space of two minutes, but he might cash in this summer because his stock is so high. One little ankle injury,
0: one little... Exactly. Yeah, yeah I, I, I think I think it's absolutely nailed on, um, but, but we'll see.
2: I don't think it's nailed on because of the point that Andy made, that he wants first-team football. And a Spurs is made for a James Madison, but there's too many players in his way.
0: Yeah, which is true. Cool, so um, one other thing I wanted to, to, to bring up today, um, again off the back of, of James Madison who is currently waltzing his way to Barry, I mean he could basically be injured for the rest of the season and Barry Butler's going to be going home with him, which will help with his ego on Prince Wales Road, or Team member wherever you're trying to get a taxi. Um, who is your current runner-up for player of the year? Sorry.
3: I'd go with Zimmerman. Um, he's the player that you know the moaning fans use as the example of where this club has gone wrong with signing fourth division players but actually he's been incredible and he's the and only he's fourth growing. division player we've yeah, seen yeah as well, exactly right? and he's growing with every game um, and I have also tried the head on the floor thing before in a football match
0: <laughs> your head's a lot closer to the floor to start with <laughs> that is true yeah that is true
3: <laughs> speaking
1: of short people Lawney, what do you think runner-up I agree entirely with my fellow vertically challenged friend over there but, uh, <laughs> Zimmerman has been immense this season and the progression from what is expected of him when he's signed to what he's ultimately produced I think has been exceptional Angus Gunn is obviously going to be uh, another one you could mention Tom Tribal's another one and I think Teddy as well the performances he's put in he was terrific exactly I think he makes everyone else better well, statistically, statistically by being it shows there, that, doesn't mechanism. it, like, in yeah. terms of
0: you compare his results. Punt, can you go anywhere different?
1: <sighs> Not, then.
2: to be fair, I think it can only be two, it can be Zimmerman or it can be Gunn. I think um, they'll round out the three, way, won't they? And I think, you know, it would probably be Gunn for me, purely because he hadn't played a minute of league football before this, and he's come in and he's looked like a complete goalkeeper. We've said it before, but I can't think of a goal, possibly that Steve Morrison won aside that he's been at fault for you know and that's ridiculous considering we've conceded a fair amount of goals do you remember season. when that
0: came up in the Gunny podcast and we all kind of went oh is he yeah, yeah. alright with the fact we mentioned this and he was yeah. cool about it and it was fine yeah, yeah. cool alright then um, that brings us on to questions sent to us by the listeners now usually um, John and Lorny uh, kind of bicker about who's going to read them out we've got them written down on a big board in here are you going to play nicely do one each how's it going to go this week? I'll let Andy do it ok day. Andy right. why don't you
1: read out our first question from Twitter Thanks, John. So, the first one, Ben Newton on Twitter. Do you attribute the current lack of goals to the formation, the strikers, the midfield or Farkas parker Tomo.
3: Good news. <laughs> it's, it's got to be the strikers, I think. Um, Striker, singular. Well, Yeah, exactly. And that's the point, isn't it? Um, like I said earlier, I've not seen much of Srebrenica yet to, to make a judgment, but oliveira has been working really hard, but it's just not coming off for him at the moment. Great save of the weekend, uh, great save. Wasn't from terrific he tipped it around the post. Yeah, yeah and, and great, great, and great save <laughs> from Białkowski in the in the Ipswich game as yeah. well. And then he obviously he did get the one against Wolves, um, but we've lacked goals, and that's what you have strikers for, isn't it? And it, you know we don't necessarily need to go and splash massive money if we can dig someone out from somewhere, even the youth, you know, the youth that are coming through, whether they can step up, which probably is a bit too soon for them. Mm. But we need, we need a striker.
0: Your opinion on this, Lourney?
1: I'd agree. I think if we've got a problem, it's the top end of the pitch in terms of not taking enough of the chances that we've created. I don't necessarily think that there's a problem in terms of the formation. A lot of our goals are coming from midfield. Parker's Black Parker is now winning games, isn't it? I want Statistically, a few, yeah. Yeah, I, haven't I haven't done the stats for a while, so. Why, well, if you could look into that for, I think everyone. Yeah, yeah. Would I'll be, try and do that next pod. Everyone night, would yeah. appreciate that. So yeah, I think we've created some fairly good chances that we haven't taken this season, and we're maybe only sort of five, ten goals off being well in among the playoffs mm. from chances that we've taken or not taken in games where you think, oh, if we'd just taken that, the. the um, one I think of is the Derby home game where we were well on top had two or three really good chances uh, admittedly one of those was steeper when he wasn't a striker but we didn't take any and then we conceded and we ended up drawing the game so no we lost that game didn't we because we went yeah went for it, yeah, it was so RSA strikers I think we've created quite a few good chances and we haven't scored as many as we should have done
0: ok moving us on to question number 2
1: so question 2 also from Twitter from Michael Saunders should City splash the cash to secure Harrison Reed now that he's indicated he'd like to stay, or do we have enough holding midfielders? Do we
0: have enough right backs to yeah. not
1: sign him as an auxiliary right back? Well, I think we just
2: sign a right back, and I think you know weber has got that clearly identified in the summer as an area that, that we're going to need to bolster. And I don't, I don't think he's a right back long term. I think he's, you know, he's a midfielder. All ends up, um, but I think there probably is mileage in signing him. It depends on the fee. I, don't even know what we'd be talking about for a, for a fee for a Harrison Reed, but I'd have thought, I don't know, a million or two, something like that. He, he doesn't look much better than that for me. Um, but I think the question was kind of saying, do we have a, you know, have we already got enough holding midfielders? And the caveat I'd, I'd look at is, Teddy probably gone in the summer. I know there's talks about a new contract, but he's probably going to get a better wage offer elsewhere. And I genuinely don't think Louis Thompson will play another game for the club. Think you know he'll break down again because the way I understand it with his Achilles injury is he's having to learn to run another way to avoid a relapse of that injury. That isn't going to end well for the lad, or he's not going to be the player that he was. So I think yeah, if we can take a punt on him, he's happy
3: here. Go for it. I really like Reid. I really do like Reid. Godfrey also excites me though. It yeah.
0: take. I think if you can get if you can get Reid, I think one or two million is probably. I think we probably need to be looking at more at like four, more like three or four. Um, but it, we don't know how far away he was from first. I don't think we can and, spend three or four, though. I, I? Exactly, and that's my point. I don't think we'll go there if we can get him for a steal because he hasn't played quite. Maybe we'll be lucky in the fact that he hasn't played quite enough for us, especially not in centre midfield because mm. he's had to play right back a lot. That that means he might be just not just off other scouts' radars enough for us. Uh, and the fact that he's, he's willing to come, um, then then great. I mean I'd be really, really happy with him being a squad and it takes a bit of pressure off Godfrey from needing to then immediately step up but I mean, I'm hoping that Godfrey's going to have a Madison season next season that, that's one of the things that I'm you know, in terms of my when we start to look forward to next season towards the end of this season That'll be that's one of the things I'm really hoping is going to happen but that's He's the
2: worry a- with Godfrey isn't it because People are already in that mindset that he's the next young thing and he's going to come through. Whereas with Madison, all right, there was a lot of expectancy, but the expectancy wasn't on this season. He, it, no one was saying he's going to have the impact that, that he has had.
0: Well, Lewis has made it harder for him as well because Lewis has yeah. made it look like any young person can come in and become yeah. like the second or third best player in the team. Again, he was superb in the derby. Yeah, absolutely superb. Played it. And there's there's one moment where he was um, right down in uh, facing his own goal uh, with. How do you pronounce the name? Jorta, was it? The tall, right-back, rangy right-back guy. Oil for Oil yeah. sorry. Um, rushing, bearing down on him, didn't play it back to um, Gunn, which he could have done even though he's drilled into playing back to the keeper uh, because Gunn was being closed down. Um, instead, took a time, slowed down gradually, waited for a touch on the back so he could go down. It didn't come, so he took his time and then managed to play a curved ball out, out to closer, and, and then like they passed them up the pitch. I mean, mm. just... In that, and this because he's left back that in, in first half that was in front of the scum fans. So to have that kind of wherewithal and thought pattern um, to, to do that, I just thought, you know, I can't. I'm so, if he'd have started the season earlier, I think he would be in that conversation for player of the season. Yeah, he's, I mean, he's definitely my top three players of the season from Christmas onwards. i mean he's, he hasn't put a foot wrong yet.
2: And Hanley, I think if he'd have played more football, yeah. he have been in the conversation.
0: I'm um, over the moon with. We, we wrote it in the in the review, didn't we, the weekend? Um, that looking forward to next season. Though those kind of at least two of them you know Hanley and, and, and Lewis for example I'm not 100% sure Closer wants to be here but ha- having Hanley and, and, um, and Lewis is something to, to build back four around is um, great cool alright then so the last one from the, the listeners questions so this is Andrew Parnell on Facebook
1: what's the best and worst kick off times discuss 3 o'clock on a Saturday isn't it no 7.45 on a midweek 3 o'clock on a Saturday Yeah, no, 3 o'clock on a Saturday no. Definitely. <laughs> no. you know, that, that's, that's, that's football though isn't it
3: that's
0: not a discussion that's just saying That's just modest,
3: it's the traditional three o'clock get down to the pub with your mates build yeah. it up go to the football and, and go for another couple of beers or whatever afterwards I, I get what you mean about the 7.45's I don't mind a 7.45 uh, Friday nights on 7.45 are always quite nice because um, then you can go out afterwards or or whatever. Or certainly when I was younger. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah. But everything's better when you're younger. Tonight. Well, <laughs> <That's> <laughs>
3: you true. could do it on Tuesday
2: night. Used to be time afterwards. You'd get mm-hmm. down Richies. Riverside.
0: Go down Squares. <laughs> I love so, the bit of Squares. For, for for England me, games in for, Squares. For me, it's a, for me it's a variety. Um, yeah. The Saturday at three o'clocks nostalgic. You um, speak to a lot of fans of the the the, the big four or five teams in the Prem, and and they really miss. You know, they get uh, I, uh, my Liverpool mate was um, like fell off his chair when he realised that they were playing three o'clock on Saturday. Like he nearly made plans um, and then realised, oh hang on, we're we're playing at a normal time, so I'm not actually going to be able to. I'm you know, watching them. Um, so yeah, I I, I think a mixture's nice. I we haven't had many. We talked about this earlier in the season. We haven't actually had many home seven forty fives. Like most of our Tuesday games have been away this season.
2: And there's one more this season as well. And that's Forest. Forest. From I'm an really atmosphere point of view, say like about
3: the 7.45s I always find that 7.45 kickoff. is really dull in the first half generally for atmosphere but the second half kind of comes to life. not if
0: you get an early goal if you get an early goal the place is jumping I remember that Wolves 5-2 game that's one of the best non-playoffs non-significant game atmospheres I can remember because yeah okay there was all the goals and that but I think most of them came second half but the, it was, the place was rocking. From from you know, yeah, yeah. if you get an early chance, especially an early goal, a Tuesday night under the lights game can be so. There was a there was
3: Thursday room. seven forty five, which I quite enjoyed. It Can't was really a, niche. It was Easter. It was Easter week. It was the five one in Ipswich. Ah, ah, well, it was, it was yeah. Thursday, wasn't it? Yeah, magic.
0: Cool. Okay. So okay, agreed. We, seven forty five. So so and the worst
3: midday on Sunday. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, I, no, I disagree with that. The worst is midday on Saturday because midday on Sunday is usually because it's the scum. Yeah, um, okay. The that it's the. Uh, I remember we had a few early prem games, and also you find it with the, as a neutral watching the early prem games. They are so often very, very weak first
1: half, very slow to get going, um, and it just doesn't really feel right. Um, but it, I think a point about the Sunday midday one, and it always being the scum, is I think that. Just that thing annoys me that it's like, oh, it's with at your home, 12 o'clock on Sunday, let's do all, everything we can to kill the atmosphere. That annoys me. So I'm going with 12, Sunday is the worst. They Just used to really have midday on a Arbitrary day. nature of it. Do you remember that? All the games used to be played at midday on Boxing Day.
2: Lunacy. You'd be really hungry for Christmas. You're not
3: that much older than
0: my age, job. but... I just asked it. Okay, so the the final thing is to to cover off quiz. So we've got three things actually to talk about in in quiz time. First thing is congratulations to Community Sports Foundation. We were at their 2018 quiz on Friday just gone. They raised over 3,000 pounds on the night um it was terrific the acn team were in attendance um that's all we were <laughs> we yeah. didn't score a lot of points, we participants we did eat a lot of chips and we did eat a lot of sweets um but it, it was a terrific night uh, as it always is some great raffle prizes i tried to encourage um uh, john to to spunk all the t-shirt money on zimmerman's boots so we could just give it away at a quiz but um Apparently that wasn't. That's what, not a
2: responsible spend. Considering we tell people they're all going to be, it's going to be spent on flags and banners. That's why I'm so not named on the ACM yeah. bank account. Um, so uh, it's one of the reasons.
0: So, so the, the other uh, the other thing to, to talk about is actually we're we're in a position to announce for the first time the inaugural Along Come Norwich Pub Quiz. It's going to take place on Friday the twentieth of April at the Rumsey Wells Pub in Norwich. There's a Facebook page with all the details on which we'll tweet alongside this in the next couple of days. Um, So get your teams together to take on the ultimate football pub quiz. There'll be no general knowledge, uh, no history, no silly trivia, just football questions for football fans. Uh, And it won't be all Norwich City either. So you can bring your glory hunting and uh, non-Norfolk mates as well. No scummers.
1: Scummers will be welcome. I might throw in an Ipswich-related question, but it will probably be a Derby one. I think that's an important point is, as you're doing the questions, Tom, you want to make sure you're on John's team so you get the easier questions.
3: Hang on, wasn't there a scummer on the... um, there was a we scummer to, in, yeah. on, the, on the CF CSA, yeah I think they're professional quiz well. quizzes
0: so the um, well they've got to be good at one of the sports haven't they um, so <laughs> quizzing a sport <laughs> Lorne uh, and Pump will be on separate teams uh, but bring your own teams and, and make sure you beat them there'll be some fantastic prizes on offer um, and uh, spoiler alert you will probably beat both Lornie and, and Punt definitely uh, for that so yes we'll get all the details on the socials uh, and it'll be good to see lots of you there so that brings us to this, the 10th instalment of the Long Come Norwich pod quiz. As always, you have a minute. As always, the guest will go first. It's one guess at each before we move on. And we'll keep coming back to those you pass or get wrong. So my gorgeous assistant, Lorne, has got the timer today. Have you got
1: the, the little noise turned off for when it buzzes? No. I uh, don't know how to do that, so I'm just going to... Do you want me to do the time No, instead. I'm just going to stop it a second before. Right.
0: Okay, brilliant. So, uh, but, so everyone on the new will have 59 seconds. 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 So no, let still get that second. I just won't re- let it beep. Okay, just to remind you, Quizzy Gorham, five out of six, that's still the high bar, but last time out, two was enough to win yeah. for you. Yeah. Now, I have actually tried to make the questions easier <sighs> this week. Just so that you're all aware of that. Okay,
3: see, I don't like that, because now when I get numb... No pressure, mate. It no. uh, doesn't bode well.
0: Yeah, right. So, if you're, to you're ready, Tomo, from Barclay and Norwich, your time starts now. What squad number is Sean Raggett?
3: Oh, I haven't got a clear 30.
0: Incorrect. Who was the last Sunderland striker to play for England? Kevin Phillips? Incorrect. In the summer transfer window of 2015-16, Alex Neal loaned
3: two players to Rotherham. Name either of them. Um, The bloke from Hamilton whose name I can't quite remember. Uh, Tony Andrew. Correct.
0: Uh, Who scored the winner against Middlesbrough at Carrow Road this season? I can't even remember the game. No, pass. Uh, which Dutchman scored a Premier League hat-trick against Norwich in 2015? Pass. Which defender has made the most league appearances for Norwich this season? Simon. Incorrect. What squad number is Sean Raggett? Stop. <clears throat> <Blind. clears throat>
1: that well, was easy. Yeah. One out of six. Hey, I tried to make I'd, it I'd easier. have got a few
0: of them, I 29? 26 27 31 Which question is this? Ragged. 20 Yeah 20 Mm -hmm. something Last Sunderland striker to play for England It's got to be Jermaine It's Jermaine Defoe Of course The other player loaned to Rotherham Paris Correct Who scored uh, a super goal against Middlesbrough at Coward this season Super Tommy Troy correct The Dutchman that scored a Premier League hat-trick against Norwich in 2015 Good question that Thanks mate What team do you play for? At the time he played for Newcastle, he plays somewhere else now. Well, one we now, one now. That's correct. Mm. Uh, and the defender who's made the most league appearances for Norwich this season. Um, I'm actually going to leave because it might influence. Might it might make another question easier later. So, had you got it right, he might have helped them oh, well, So this is got for you, exactly. 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 It's good here, Tom. I just so yeah, yeah so. Interesting, you're playing tactics with the one out of six you got. So there's one to beat, but there is definitely a tiebreaker this time. I've actually got one ready. Rather than just lying about it. Um so next is Lornie. So are you ready to with me. the timer? I'm ready. Lornie, your time starts now. What squad number is Dennis Scribinning? 32. Correct. Who was the last West Ham defender to play for England? Alan Creswell. Correct. In the summer transfer window of 2015-16, Alex Neal signed two players from which Midlands club? Um, West Brom. Correct. Who scored our equaliser away at Derby this season? Oh. Pass. Which Argentinian scored a Premier League hat-trick against Norwich City in 2012? Argentinian? Hmm
1: pass
0: which Englishman has made the most league appearances for Norwich this season
1: Englishman would be Angus Gunn
0: correct uh, who scored our equaliser away against Derby this season
1: Madison seems too obvious Madison
0: correct which Argentinian scored a Premier League hat-trick against Norwich City in 2012
1: I can't think of any Argentinians Tevez? <laughs> correct
0: Tevez 5 no. out of 6 no. your nice. personal best well played so so that's
3: joint yeah, best. best ever. Yeah, so, best
0: so, ever. yeah but he's got a win. If he go, if, if John gets five, and it's a tiebreaker, John will take the Ooh, best ever. Best ever. Yeah. Okay. Better questions
1: this week. Thanks, mate. For the record, weird <laughs> <old-fashioned.
0: laughs> okay, uh, So, John, you need five to take us to a tiebreaker, six for a glorious win. And if it's six, I really have made him too easy. Your time, John, starts now. What squad number is Onel Hernandez?
2: 17.
0: Incorrect. Who was the last Arsenal striker to play for England? Wellbeck. Correct. In the summer transfer window of 2015-16, Alex Neil signed a goalkeeper from which club? Oh, was
2: it Paul Jones? Portsmouth?
0: Incorrect. Who scored a consolation goal away to Cardiff this season? No, pass. Which Englishman scored a Premier League hat-trick against Norwich in 1994? Pass. Which German has made the most league appearances for Norwich this season? Zimmerman. Correct. What squad number is Aaron el 27. Incorrect. Who was, uh, In the summer transfer window fifteen sixteen, 16 who do we sign a goalkeeper from? Hamilton. Incorrect. Who scored a consolation goal away to Cardiff this season? Oh, who was
2: that? We went 1-0 up. No, pass.
0: Which Englishman scored? Ah, okay. oh,
1: terrible. Two. stephenman scored is, against Cardiff. Is yes. the right answer. Good show. That's all I know.
0: 1994 hat trick against English. Norwich. Englishman. Do you love the nineties football. you were just. That's like, no. why. That's why I gave you the nineties one. Four. Always try and play to your strengths. What were you so then? Twenty-five. Stripey five, so team. No, no, twenty-eight. Stripey <laughs> team. Now I pundit. Bit annoying. Smudger. Correct. Oh, hang on. What do you mean by smudger? No, 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 no. Not him. I was going to say, I did, I, I, the way you said it made me think, oh, he knows what he's talking about. But Stripey
2: no. team. Now, pundit. No, just tell
0: me. Matt Latis. Matt yeah. Matt uh, you got Zimmerman. Um, we signed um, Jake Keane from Blackburn Rovers. Mm. Um, no, I thought and we were, I was going for Muggleman. O'Neill Yeah, that's what well I said. Hernandez. That was happened. number 30,
1: three. 25.
0: Well, I thought of it was course. fair because you had Squibbeni and Hernandez. We saw both of them. That's good. Cause cause i got Squibbeni. Of the I only knew I'd have got Squibbeni. So... That means that we don't get the tiebreaker
1: of who can get the closest to the date that Efna scored a Premier League hat-trick against Everton. It was oh. in August or September, so I'm going to say the 1st of September. <laughs> what year? 93. Was was it 94. 93. Which means you not, lose all of the money. <laughs> <And>
0: it rolls <laughs> over to next week. What date, yeah, what it? date was it? It was the 25th of September, 93. Uh, so thank you ever so much for listening. We'll call that a bonus This point. has been the Along Come Norwich. <laughs> Podcast. Lorny is this week's winner, which gets him a little bit closer to John in the standings. Many Tomo, thank you so much for your time and your input. Thank you. Um, we'll get you on next time you've actually watched the game, which will help. <laughs> Hopefully you can get you can be a little drummer boy at some more home games soon. That's the hope. Get yourself and your mates signed up for a team for the Long Come Norwich quiz, which we'll be in touch with on the social soon. But that's all now from me and Tomo. Say goodbye. Goodbye. John, say goodbye. See you back. Lawney, say something. Goodbye. You can